With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts, and you have stumbled upon the Steelers Retro Show. Hi, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside with me is Tony Defio, my good friend and my DeLorean buddy, as we always go back in time together. Tony, what is going on? Hey, Brian, good to be with you as always. I am doing fantastic, and I can't wait to go back to 1997. It's one of my favorite years in the history of my life, to quote Rocky Balboa. In the history of my life? Life. Yeah, love it. I gotta tell you, Tony, with the 2020 Steelers having a great season and ending up this week playing in Baltimore, we decided to pick a game against the Baltimore Ravens in 1997. Two really cool games that year. And so what we're gonna do, we'll do both of those this year, but we gotta pick the away game. The Steelers being on the road in Baltimore an old Memorial Stadium, which that was a fun place to watch a game. I'm watching the replay of this game. The new stadiums, they're great. They're state-of-the-art. But that stadium had so many cool memories for me with the Pirates in 71 and 79 and watching so many games with the Steelers playing in that field. It's like the old Orange Bowl as well. When you see the palm trees in the corner in Miami, you see all these trees in Baltimore. It's just a beautiful place to watch a game. That's one MNT Stadium. I mean, I live close to it. It's just not the same. Watching Memorial Stadium for me was pleasurable. What did you think of watching that game? Oh, I, I'm glad you brought all that up, Brian, because that's I, I'm a big fan of NFL history. And, and, and that, that stadium is just when the Colts played there and it, it was in the 50s and 60s, it was practically like Lambeau Field as far as how many big games were played there. And, you know, great time watching rewatching this game and and, and seeing the, the old sight lines. And it was, it was it's just a old, fantastic place with a, with a, a lot of character. 
and it's no longer there. And so those old stadiums never die in our hearts. Let's go back in time. So you said 1997 right now. What was going on? Well, on the radio, everybody was still lamenting the loss and mourning the loss of Princess Diana. So Elton John, with his remake of his own song, Candle the Wind 1997, was out and it was number one everywhere on the radio, not just in the US. It was number one in England as well. The number one movie at the box office was The Peacemaker. Tony, do you remember The Peacemaker? Wow, no, I don't. I'm I'm horrible with movies. Yeah, no, I don't I don't remember that one. I'm a, more of a TV guy, but yeah, I, I don't remember that one at all. So I'm definitely a TV guy as well. So if we talk about what people were watching on TV at the time, it is going to be Friends. Mm. So they were still watching Friends, and they were winding up with the last season of Seinfeld as well. So there you go. So there's there's a little information about that. And I know something that you enjoy and I enjoy as well. As we're looking back, it's hard to see something that was really happening in the news at the time. We just talked about the number one movie, which was with Nicole Kidman and George Clooney, by the way. But something happened big in the world of wrestling, Tony. It was the Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Then all of a sudden at the end of that match, eerie music, you get... Hellfire and Brimstone, Red Lights, Flames, and the debut of Glenn Jacobs as Kane, the Undertaker's evil brother. Oh, that was a great wrestling match and great moment in wrestling history. And it it was right before the big boom hit with the WWE, then the WWF. It was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, here we go, Tony. Let's go into this game. The Steelers were two and two coming into this game. And as the Steelers came in, they did not have the best defense in the world. Neither did the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, the Steelers had the last place pass defense in the league. The Ravens were at 29th. Now, Cordell did come off of a great performance. That's Cordell Stewart in his first full year as the Steelers starting quarterback. He was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. And here come the Ravens. And it's really weird to think of the Ravens with their quarterback at the time, Tony, who? Good old Vinny Testaverde, our old buddy. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde, the number one pick in the 1987 draft. Ten years later, he was on his third team, I believe. Well, actually, it's really his second team because he was on the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens the year before. So he was there throwing to great pass catchers like Derek Alexander, Jermaine Lewis, Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Have to do it. And former Steeler, Eric Green. Now, the offense also had another talented former man of steel carrying the ball. It was one Byron Bam Morris. So it was really weird to see two former Steelers, Tony, Lining up number 86 and number 33 in purple. Eric Green was basically the last great draft pick for uh, for Chuck Noll, and he was such a time, he was a revolutionary weapon. Uh, so big and so fast and so strong, and in a lot of ways, he was like a pre, uh, pre-Gronkowski. pre And of course, Bam Morris was one of the Steelers' heroes from that those uh, mid-90s teams that, that went to those AFC Championship games in, in Super Bowl thirty. Absolutely. And the Ravens had a second year player known by Ray Lewis, another second year player known as Jonathan Ogden, 
offensive tackles, both in the Hall of Fame. Those guys were up and coming, but that Ravens defense with Ray Lewis was actually pretty spectacular, even though they were bad against the pass, as I just mentioned. You still had Tony Siragusa, who did not play a lot in this game because he was injured, but Michael McCrary, Bullware, was on this team as well. This was a good team. Yeah, it was. I mean, people may not realize it at the time, but they were just a few years away from uh, that 94, that great 94 team that they had with the, when they were the Browns. And then they were just a few years away from, from winning the Super Bowl after the 2000 season. And, and guys like Ray Lewis, I mean, they were about to come into their prime. So the Steelers on defense, uh, we mentioned their problems before. They had a rookie at cornerback. Their number one pick from the University of Maryland was one Chad Scott. Chad Scott was out of this game and Randy Fuller had to play in his stead. The Ravens come in. They want to make up for the fact that they would fall behind teams very early. They did well quarter two through four, usually early in 1997, but quarter one, they were outscored big time. So the commentators in this game were Tom Hammond and Jim Kelly. These guys were fantastic. I remember those guys back in the day. Yeah, I I, I really uh, enjoyed listening to Jim Kelly. I, I, I forget that how close East Brady is to Pittsburgh and he's, he's has that true Pittsburgh accent. And, and when I, when I become independently wealthy, I'm going to hire him and Charlie batch to do a talk show. And I'm going to listen to it every day. Just, just to, uh, to remind me of my hometown Pittsburgh. Well, I'd be glad to let you hire me as well, even though I'm not hometown Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm, you can, you can, you can quarterback them. You could be the quarterback of the show and, and, and keep those guys on, on point. The non-quarterback with the two quarterbacks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? I love it. So let's start off this game. After a long pass to Michael Jackson, Bam Morris was running the ball really well for Baltimore. Number 33 would have gone all the way on his second carry had it not been for the great Darren Perry from? Penn State University. Making an ankle tackle on his former teammate. The Ravens quarterback was really slow getting started. On third down in Steelers territory, Vinny scrambled to avoid a sack. And on a few occasions, he could have been sacked like three times on the same play. He throws an ill-advised pass across his body, and his receiver was Carnell Lake. <laughs> that was a big play. I don't know what Vinny was thinking there, uh, trying to uh, throw across his body, but, but Carnell Lake was wait- waiting for him, and he intercepted it and returned it to the Ravens 43. Vinny was terrible, um, just terrible in that first drive. One for six with 12 yards on the opening series. The Steelers took over, and three plays later, Cordell says, I want to be like Vinny. He threw a pass toward Courtney Hawkins that the veteran Eugene Daniel intercepted after reading number 10's eyes. Now, an interesting thing about Eugene Daniel, Tony, he was out of the league early in 1997, wasn't he? At his home in Louisiana, fixing his, his house, building a house. And when he got the call from, from Ted Marchabroder to come work out for the Ravens, Ted Marchabroder was a former Steeler, and uh, I think he's from Pittsburgh too. He signed him, and, 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 and he had one of his best games in this game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, he had one interception coming into it, and this interception made two on the year. Would there be more? Only time will tell. So here comes Testaverde again from his own 34. He takes over, and this time he wasn't going to be denied. After first down passes to Derek Alexander and Jermaine Lewis, Testaverde found Eric Green again for a 24-yard score. Green was playing on a sore knee, and he went and hurdled Donnell Wolford on this play, and he waltzed into the end zone. 
Matt Stover's extra point made the score seven to nothing. Tony, it was a majestic play from the former Steeler. That hurdle was was Jesse Owens like. Yeah, he, he, on that play, he showed uh, the kind of potential he had. He had the kind of career he could have had if he would have stayed focused. I mean, he he was such a, such an incredible athlete for such a big guy, and he he uh, uh, Jason Gildam was was tasked with covering him on, on this play, and he he had no chance. You know, I would have loved to have seen a guy like Eric Green uh, stay with the Steelers his entire career. I thought he was a magnificent player. Uh, who who knows what would have happened if he would have stuck around. The Steelers went to work to try to even up the score. The only team to rush for more yards than they passed in the season couldn't get much going in either manner. So here comes Cordell back to pass. He throws a second down pass into enemy arms again. This time, who was the interceptor, Tony? It was safety Stevon Moore, who returned it 39 yards to the six. So, yeah, it wasn't a great start for Slash. He rambled 37 yards after catching that pass, Tony, and he got all the way down to the Steelers' six. Thankfully, Will Wolford saved the TD for the moment with a tackle, but the other former Steeler needed to find pay dirt as well. It happened. After only surrendering one touchdown in the first quarter in the first four games, the Steelers gave up two touchdowns after two turnovers on their first two drives as who got in the end zone for the Ravens. It was that guy, Bam Morris. It was a great second effort by him. And, and, and it, it showed uh, the kind of player he was when, when, when he was with Pittsburgh, but unfortunately the uh, his old team was on the receiving end of that. And the Steelers were down 14, nothing uh, late in the first quarter on the next series. The Steelers went to the ground with the bus Jerome behind Tim Lester they were breaking off impressive runs together, but the quarter ended with Pittsburgh driving toward the end zone. It was Baltimore 14 and the Steelers zip. Tony, what are you thinking at the end of the first? Their offense is starting to get into a bit of, bit of a rhythm. Cordell's settling down, and if they can get on the board here, make everybody forget about that ugly first quarter. Well, I want to forget about that ugly first quarter, so we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back on the Steelers Retro Show. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio as we're talking about the Steelers and the Ravens from October 5th of 1997. So, Tony, the Steelers are down 14-0 and the second quarter is about to open. The black and gold looked like they would cut the Raven lead in half, but Stewart really wanted no part of that. Instead, what did he do this time? He threw his third interception in the first half, this time to Eugene Daniel, who had his second interception in the first half, and, and he, he returned it to the uh, Steelers 43. After that, Bam Morris moved the chains a few times. Number 12 in purple, Vinny Testaverde, found tight end Brian Kinchin for a 24-yard score, and it's now 21 nothing with 12.43 remaining in the second quarter. Tony, it's looking bad. At that point, you're wondering if, if, if Cower, Bill Cower, the head coach, is going to pull Stewart, who was his first, it was his first year as a starter, as you mentioned, and uh, put in the veteran Mike Tomczak, because it just did not, it was not a great start at all for the Steelers. So Cordell, desperate to get Bill Cower's team back in it, dusted himself off. He got back out there. However, the Steelers couldn't do anything to counter, and they had a punt after Michael McCrary's sack slash. Things almost got disastrous after Jermaine Lewis fielded that punt and took it 36 yards to the Steelers' 44. Luckily, Dante Jones tripped up the speedster from Maryland, or he would have been gone, and it would have been 28-0. 
After the punt, Tony, the Steelers would try to put a dent in the deficit again. In the broadcast booth, Tom Hammond and Jim Kelly introduced an item, the Raven's Rag. Have you ever heard of the Raven's Rag, Tony? Well, if I heard of it back then, I certainly forgot all about it. It definitely didn't catch on in Baltimore. (laughs) No, it didn't. And first of all, introducing anything as a rag is not appeasing, but it was an answer to the terrible tell. Do you know who created the Raven's Rag? It was Bam Morris's wife. Yes, Stephanie created that abomination, and Byron passed them out to his teammates. But like you said, the trend did not stick, and nobody remembers it to this day. (laughs) The Ravens looked to add on to their huge lead, Tony, but the Steelers' defense stepped up. Randy Fuller in for Mr. Chad Scott, and LeVon Kirkland had nice pass breakups. But the big play came on a Chris Oldham strip sack of Vinny Testaverde in which Joel Steed recovered at the 29 of Baltimore. Three plays later, Tim Lester led the way for a 14-yard run by Jerome Bettis, and Cordell threw a nice pass to Courtney Hawkins at the two. There was another one-yard run by number 36. Then what happened, Tony? Good old Slash Stewart dove over the goal line to make it 21-7. He was magic with his legs. He wasn't great with his arm his peripheral vision wasn't that great but he threw some nice balls as well but when he was running he was running well that was his fifth touchdown of the year cut the lead down to 14 it was now baltimore 21 steelers 7 but baltimore was not to be denied in that first half after three receptions by alexander and runs by morris matt stover kicked a 34 yard field goal with five seconds remaining to make the score 24 to seven at halftime. The Steelers were coming back into it. Then this happens. Tony, was there any hope for the Steelers at the half at this point? Honestly, it, di- it didn't feel like it because uh, the way Stewart was playing in the first half with, with, with the uh, three turnovers and, and, and the Steelers, their only, their only points came off a turnover, which was encouraging, but the offense really just, it couldn't get out of its own way over the first 30 minutes. So it, a 17 point deficit at that point seemed insurmountable. In the third quarter, the Steelers took the kickoff and Bill Cower must have fired them up or at least they fired up Will Blackwell, the rookie speedster from San Diego State. He faked a reverse and took it 97 yards all the way to the house, Tony. There was a sizable Pittsburgh contingent in the stands. They went crazy. Bill Cower went crazy too. What was he doing on that play? He was running down the field with them. I mean, it, he was he was pretty pretty excited. You know, that was the year he he wanted to, to uh, tackle somebody from the Jaguars when they when they blocked the field goal and uh, took it back for a touchdown, a game a game winning uh, a possibly a possible game winning field goal. So he was pretty he was a pretty emotional guy. But that was a big momentum swing for them because uh, first play of the, of the second half, you're down seventeen and boom, just like that, you're you're only down by ten. So that, that was a huge play for them at that point in the game so they traded punts next and the home team had to kick it away again on the next series cordell saw antonio langham drop a sure pick six could he capitalize on that second chance tony yes he could because after the ravens went three and out you know as you as you said they they got the ball back and 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 he found charles johnson for a nine-yard strike to make it 24 21 and just like that it was a 21 nothing deficit is now only a three-point deficit that was a 12 play 90 yard drive tony norm johnson makes the conversion like you said it's 24 to 21 
here we go, Tony. The final quarters here. The Steelers would complete their comeback, and the Ravens couldn't do anything to thwart the bleeding. Bam Morris had to retreat to the locker room with a rib injury, but he did come back, but the Ravens couldn't do much at all. Testaverde, trying to put the team on his shoulders, found them not broad enough when Nolan Harrison and Mike Vrabel, yes, that guy, Mike Vrabel, forced a Testaverde fumble recovered by Keevan Henry. Then the Steelers are ready to go ahead and possibly take the lead. Could it happen, Tony? Stewart found tight end Mark Bruner for a five-yard touchdown to make a 28-24. And, and just like that, the Steelers were thankfully in the lead. With the Ravens attempting to counter, Jason Gilden got a big sack on the Vin Man and Greg Montgomery. He was on to punt again. The Steelers then looked to extend their lead from their own 11. On third and eight from the 13, Stewart rolled out and heaved a long pass to an open Will Blackwell. But number 89 could not come up with the ball as another player stepped in front of him and snatched the ball away, Tony. But there was good news on that snatch, wasn't there? Yes, good old Yancey Thigpen. He, he's, he, he's the one who, who jumped up and came down with the, with the catch and uh, for 62 yards down to the Ravens 24. And it was that epitomized the kind of talent that, that Cordell Stewart had because he, he was able to escape and, 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 not, and, uh, and heave a pass downfield for, for, for what, 55, 60 yards in the air. And, and, and that, that set the Steelers up in, 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 in uh, great position. It was a beautifully thrown ball. Uh, he really threw some nice passes like we alluded to earlier. Yes, they're down to the 24-yard line. Bettis moves the chains. Then Charles Johnson catches another offering from Cordell from 17 yards out. The Steelers were up by 11 by the score of 35-24. to 24. But are you breathing easier at this point, Tony? At that point in the game, I, I was definitely breathing e easier because it, it seemed like an 11-point lead was pretty safe, but after we were about to find out, it was not, not quite as safe as we wanted it to be. The Ravens weren't done, though. Lewis scampered 36 yards on the return. Again, another 36-yard return on that ensuing kickoff to get Baltimore down to the Steeler 49. A few plays later, Donnell Wolford got nailed for a shove and the pass interference on Michael Jackson. The very next play, Testaverde found Derek Alexander in the corner of the end zone for a 10-yard score. J.B. Brown was beaten on that play, needing to go for the two-point conversion. Vinny found an old veteran for the two. Who was that? I was running back Ernest Biner. It's funny. Uh, I was watching the rewatching the game, and I thought Ernest Biner was still playing in 1997 because he was a famous uh, Cleveland Brown from the mid '80s. So uh, he was one of, who had the, the famous uh, fumble. So yeah, that was uh, that, that was crazy to see him in that game. Now 35 to 32 with 2:17 left, the Ravens decided to kick the ball away. They did not go for the onside kick. The Steelers went then went to the ground to try to run out the clock. But when you're running out the clock, sometimes you run away from the defense, don't you, Tony? Yes, good old Slash Stewart. He did what he did best on this play, and that was run away from everybody else. On He was be, before Michael Vick, before Lamar Jackson. There was Cordell Stewart, and he outraced everybody to the end zone for a 74-yard touchdown to make it 42-32. And I remember, I'll never forget where I was, and I was watching the game with my uncle, and we, we – me and him and two other guys were, were all owners of one fantasy football team, if you can believe it. And the team we were playing had Cordell, and he had such a bad first half and such a great second half. And this run broke, broke our team's back, but it was still a, a, great, a great moment that I'll never forget. 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's hilarious. I, you know, you mentioned Michael Vick. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, he has had some great runs in 2020. A one, a 37-yarder in week six. He had, in, I believe, in week four, a 50-yarder. And a 50-yarder was his career touchdown run. Cordell was doing this regularly. He had that 80-yarder the year before against Carolina. Now the 74-yard run, he did it well. He was uh, almost ahead of his time. This is it. It's 42-32 now with a minute 47 left in the contest. Vinny tried to get the team back in the game, but Eric Green fumbled after uh, that great beginning of the game for for the uh, Ravens. After a long catch and run, Myron Bell both stripped and recovered the fumble. Here comes Mike Tomsack to run out the clock. But the game didn't quite end there yet, did it, Tony? Yeah, it was a, it was, I, I, I forgot all about this sequence. I knew there was a safety in there, but, but the, the way they decided to go about it was weird. It was 42 32 with only 11 seconds left. And instead of just punting the ball away, uh, Coward decided to, to take a safety which basically gave the Ravens a, a slim chance to, to, to take the free kick and, and, and return and tie the game. But uh, fortunately, that didn't happen, and the Steelers prevailed. You know what? It was very interesting because they did not want to punt the ball to Jermaine Lewis. He could break it on any play. So that's what they were afraid of, Tony. You have the situation where if they do that, they can go for an onside kick and a very easy Hail Mary possible, possibly, um, or they can go ahead for a game-winning field goal with not much time, even though there was 11 seconds left. That's something that they were afraid of, but they gambled and they won the gamble because Vinny Testaverde with a very live arm heaved it downfield for the Hail Mary. Donnell Wolford was there to pick that ball off. And that was the end of the game. After being down 21 points, Cordell Stewart and the Steelers did not wilt, Tony. No, that was uh, that was a, a a character building win, not just for Cordell Stewart, but for the entire Steelers team because they they got off to a kind of a, a slow start in 1997, and and this was one of the early wins that sort of uh, proved to be the catalyst for another another great year for them. Yes, this team did end up in the AFC Championship game. I was there. We're not going to talk about that because it did not end up. In the Super Bowl, Stewart had three interceptions in this game. He had three interceptions in that game. But what he had in this game was three touchdowns throwing, two more in the air. He was helped out by Jerome Bettis with 137 yards rushing. Yancey Thigpen had 162 yards receiving. And Charles Johnson had those two touchdowns. They were all key. The defense with four sacks and six turnovers were huge in this game. The win helped the Steelers eventually take that tough division from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was a pretty fun season for me, Tony. And you have great memories of this season as well, don't you? Yeah, I've mentioned on this show in the past about how how some Steelers victories helped me get through some rough times. Well, this time in my life, the early 90s through the late through like 97, really 98, that that time frame when when those five, six years with, with, with Bill Cower is the uh, head coach the first six years of his career when he took him to the playoffs that was m- maybe my favorite time as a sports fan even even um, more so than the Super Bowl years so I, I'll always have fond memories uh, of this time in my life 
I absolutely do too as well. And we are going to be going back to 1997 a lot. Next time they play the Ravens, we'll go back to 1997 again because that was another crazy game. A different kind of crazy, but a crazy game as well. So Tony, thanks so much for going back in time with me. It, it was my pleasure, Brian. It was a, it was a, a fun game and, and a snapshot memory that, I, that I've carried with me <laughs> watching my uncle Bit, have a bittersweet reaction to Cordell Stewart's final uh, final touchdown there that broke our fantasy football back. So it, it was a, it was it was a pleasure uh, sharing those memories with you. And you know what? This is audio only, but I'm looking at your face as you're uh, remembering this game because you could see how much you're enjoying talking about it. So that's absolutely fantastic, Tony. It, it, it's it's why why we watch sports because it, it just it's it's about the memories, and, and this game certainly provided many of those. Sports take us back. Sports make us remember the good times. They make us remember how we got through the tough times. And this is one of those games. So I got to tell you, I love talking about this. So for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from Behind the Still Curtain. And as Huey Lewis used to say, take me away. I don't mind. But you better promise me I'll be back in time. We'll see you, friends. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 